And welcome to Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast. And this Encore is a review discussion all about Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes. And joining me here is a very special guest. Her name is Delfino Durians. Delfino, welcome to the show. Hoi hoi, Drew. It's great to see you. Yeah, you too. I'm very out of uh, podcast mood lately. It's been like four or five months since uh i've updated my own show so mm. this is a great transition to get back into things yeah absolutely so what's happened just uh busy in life just, or just that i really wanted to enjoy the summer vacation mm. i've taken a little pause after spring break i want to say from university because it was like oh no a bunch of papers to write and finals coming up and then that happened and then it was like i just want to coast on this free period and that lasted the entire <laughs> summer mm. yeah so no see about getting it back on track well it's important just to starts. enjoy your time so yeah oh yeah don't, don't need your podcast to run your life <laughs> it's true it yeah. does make me money mm. yeah well that would be nice wouldn't it be nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the House of Mario. Do you have you gotten a single cent from the House of Mario at all? A single. Well, you get Patreon cent. money. Yes, we got the Patreon, so we got the very nice people that support us on Patreon. But as far as like mm -hmm. anything else, no, no. This is uh, this is okay. a passion project. This is uh, what I love to do. So, yeah, no. I mean, that's I'm, where it's it starts out. It's funny because whenever I talk to like my parents or whatever, I think I think mm -hmm. my parents or older people. Or just people that aren't familiar with podcasting or YouTube or whatever. Yeah. They think like you have something on the internet, you must be you must be raking it in. You must be just Yeah, content. <laughs> yeah. You know, meeting with sponsors, doing tie-ins, mm. getting money, sponsorships. Would you be opposed to doing mid rolls and sponsoring a product? Uh no. Um, just as long as it's relevant to my audience and I'm hundred percent aware of that it's like it's a good product and that it will yeah. add value to someone but if it's just like okay someone just comes to me and be like oh look we've got a gummy bear and we really want you to do it and we we want money. you to sponsor raid shadow legends absolutely would you, not would yeah. you do it no, absolutely no. not no that would be so <laughs> stupid i'm like I don't, yeah no <laughs> probably any game sponsorships probably a no-go for a gaming podcast um mm -hmm. yeah but uh it'd be good a lot you know just get like the basic boys here, like Manscaped or something. Look, I, I need a shave. Someone sponsor me, please. <laughs> I was gonna say Raycons might be the most apt for a mm. podcast. Potentially. Need to go on the go. I also mm -hmm. love. I'm, I'm. I'm also like a bit of an Apple fan. I love my AirPods, so I might be a bit of a hypocrite <laughs> there. They might have to really try and convince uh, me on that one. I cannot stand to look at the price tag on airpods i look at them and it's like it's mm. too much and for how small it is i feel like if i lost it it's like when you lose a ring or some sort of jewelry that's super pricey and you're like i just lost three thousand dollars yeah worth of a ring like how many how many nintendo games could i have bought for that i could have bought <laughs> 10 nintendo switches yeah, with that, with that ring. You just think about, oh, I could have had that Splatoon three Switch OLED. I could have had the Pokemon oh, lights. <laughs> so good. I do like to quantify things in price with in relative price to like Nintendo games. So I'll see something 
it'll be $40, like a rice cooker my sister and I were looking at recently. And I'm like, oh, that could get me a 3DS game on MSRP. <laughs> Not anymore. Is, is, a, <laughs> is a rice cooker in equal value to a 3DS game? Mm. I guess that helps with thinking about purchases. Yeah, I can imagine. And I make crazy impulse purchases for yeah. If you just sit, don't if, need, but if, make me happy. Oh, <laughs> so. what is that? What is that? Explain for the listeners. Oh, <laughs> I've got okay. no idea myself. Well, I'm looking gosh. at it. <laughs> okay. Well, so what it is, is I'm a very large fan of Pretty Cure. Favorite season of it. Best season of all time, I'd say, is uh, Go Princess Pretty Cure. And there it's a magical girl anime. So, you know, they've got transformation items and they've got attacking items. So this is for the mid-season cure. She has a scarlet violin. And just so you know, you can turn it on. Okay. Scarlet the violin! Ooh. And then Ooh, you put violin. in yeah. a little key at the top. And you turn it. <laughs> and then she'll start to dress her key. She's supposed to say <laughs> Phoenix, but she won't. Put in dress up key. Oh, and then you can play the violin. And she'll say lines from the show. And that's pretty much what it does. Well, there you go. So, And that's all it does. But as it means a lot to me. And hmm. it was a really good deal for it. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Off eBay. Is that going to be like a display item? Or are you going to get it out and just jam yeah. with it and play with it? Or? I don't know. It's a little <laughs> embarrassing if I'm at university and my roommate sees me. <laughs> just feel like it's just putting keys into the uh is that a transformer what you got there do i know what's she going goes, on? what is that and i go it's nothing it's nothing i don't <laughs> want to talk about it it takes longer to explain than it does to get you into it yeah anyways now we... speaking of embarrassing uh things to be playing with other people in the room fire emblem warriors Ooh, look at that she's segueing herself yeah fire emblem yeah. warriors three hopes um yeah, I think mm -hmm. um I think we both enjoyed it. I think we had a tiny, oh, yeah. tiny yeah, yeah, we both enjoyed it. Just talking a little bit on Discord. I didn't want to, you know, mm -hmm. wreck our thoughts too much. You know, we talk about it here on right. here on the show. Um, mm -hmm. but like for me, just quickly, like my my history with Fire Emblems, a little bit shaky. I, I actually really enjoy it, but I usually fall off the game. So when it came mm -hmm. to um the Warriors game, I was like, you know what, I I, I want to make sure I finish this. So I played nothing but this game for. Um, a week after I finished a couple of other games oh, yeah. I, was, I was playing <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I haven't, but it's a weird sort of perspective I have because I haven't played through three mm -hmm. houses, which is kind well, of blasphemy. To I'm a lot actually of not here to uh, offer a differing opinion because I too have not played through oh. it, but I've, I've watched it. Excellent. I've watched a lot. I pretty much know to a vague extent what happens in each path in yep. three houses but i only played through one so far i'm going through my second playthrough uh for golden wildfire and once i'm done with that i guess i'll go through uh scarlet blaze because why not mm. just, yeah no just absolutely play them all that's cool so did you um ever pick up three houses or were you just not that interested in in it no i think at that point um switch library was pretty small I do believe. And while I was wanting to get it, I was thinking about it a lot. I would just get, I don't actually remember why I was not thinking about getting it. It's just the time never came 
and I don't think it's ever on sale, so that would no. really incentivize <laughs> me to mm. be buying it. My yep. time was playing Splatoon. You get two rice cookers, games. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two rice. Well, here in Australia for forty bucks, yeah. But yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's forty USD. Either way, mm-hmm. uh, but then I had I had always loved Fire Emblem Warriors a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. People were very quick to rag on that game because they're very quick to shoot it down and say, story sucks, and, uh, all the fighters have the same moveset. So it's so lazy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, y'all don't even realize that fighters having the same moveset means there's less for you to memorize and know which ones are the best, like, AoE skills and which ones are the best single target skills. These are the two things you gotta know in Warriors games is killing the most people in the area per like time and input method and then breaking shields and targeting commanders and bosses. Okay. It's like with less people, less movesets to think about, it's less worrying about it. Yeah, no, for sure. You don't have to keep so much information in your brain. Mm. It's yeah. less work for you to do. Yeah, because like in, in the in the newer game, like all the characters have mm-hmm. their own sort of move sets and stuff. And when, when you go, well, I do. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. just when you go through it. And this game just... makes a more avid effort to really differentiate characters from each other mm. because it's way fle- freer than the previous Warriors games. But if anything, it's a lot like Three Houses. It is almost. I think it's because Koei Tecmo helped develop three houses as well. Yeah. They just felt like they ported a lot of things directly over mm. to Three Hopes. And it's like, you know what? This works. This this works in a very good manner. And I am here to play it. Yeah. No, they definitely benefited from being very close to like the source mm-hmm. material, which like how they were able to implement it in this game. It just felt like a Fire Emblem mm-hmm. game, which is... Which is really good. I I absolutely loved my time of the game, and it made me mm-hmm. want to. It made me want to go back to um, Three Houses, but it also made me <laughs> want to go back to other Warriors games because in the past with oh, Hyrule, yeah. Hyrule Warriors and Fire Emblem Warriors, I, mm-hmm. I bought both games on the Wii U and the Switch, but I never mm-hmm. really wanted to. I never really got that far into them. I, I just got kind of bored of them. Yeah, but I think I'll um, say Hyrule Warriors is out of all the ones that I can think of out of all Nintendo-based uh, Warriors games. F- Hyrule Warriors, the Hyrule, even its definitive edition, is, to me, ranked the lowest among them all. They're all good games. It's just ranked the lowest mm. because a lot of it is you doing all the work and the computer uh, yeah. not doing anything mm. because it wouldn't surprise you to learn that the game actually does... Uh, to save on loading time, the game doesn't load characters until you're in a set radius, like around them. So if your allies aren't in your radius, they aren't gonna do anything. Mm. Usually they don't do anything anyways. They just sit around in your camp. Yeah. It's like, what the heck? Go <laughs> do something. Can't you order your allies to do things? And that was what Fire Emblem Warriors added. Just the simple addition of Tell your unit to go here. Just absolutely change the whole Warriors game. So not even giving them the set orders, which you can do, like pair up, attack, or defend. Just moving non the units you aren't playing as, and then you can switch over to them. It immediately makes like trying to go to different side areas 
so much better because it's not just you having to manage this giant map all by yourself. It's a team effort, which is what Fire Emblem's all about. It's not about one unit uh, stealing the show. You can't use Frederick to just <laughs> deal with all your problems. You gotta balance it out. You gotta get it all going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I absolutely mm -hmm. love how like the strategy is implemented with the Warriors mm -hmm. gameplay, how like when you go to the, the pause menu, you can give your mm -hmm. like units orders and like mm -hmm. even if it's like, oh, I've got to get rid of this guy, you know, go hover over them with the cursor, just all out attack. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it worked really well and it sort of, it sort of introduced uh, an element to the game that I really liked because in other Fire Emblem games, I don't know, I really liked mm -hmm. turn-based strategy. But for some reason, yeah. I just always always fell off Fire Emblem. It, it, it annoys me. I, I don't even know why. It's not because that I don't even weird. like it. Yeah. it, I, it that sounds yeah. like you would be turn-based strategy is exactly what Fire Emblem is. Maybe because yeah. it's a little too like large scale. Chapters are pretty big ventures. They're going to take mm. like 30, 20, 30 minutes to get through if you're you know, carefully thinking everything through. Maybe even longer if you're at it, but... This Warriors game, it does a really good job of balancing quick uh, battle moments. And mm. then at the end of chapters, they're a lot longer as plans. You know, you got to do a lot more. Mm. And they feel great, it's don't they? Doing. Just so when you're in a big battle mm -hmm. and stuff's happening and then you have a... I do like how there's a... Yeah, there's a set difference between big battles and smaller auxiliary battles. Mm. Yeah, you got like you got like uh, someone coming in from the side. You're dealing with them. You got a thief who's trying to get away. So you got to s send someone to oh, take yeah, care of them. Side missions. Yeah, because like um, side missions are good for, for me on my team. Mm -hmm. I pretty much overpowered Shez a heap because um, they were the person oh, yeah. that I played the most. Was your Shez mm -hmm. really over leveled, or were you sort of um, using someone else a little I bit more? I tried to keep it balanced. Mm. Well, I guess we should first explain a little bit. So the player character is you can pick their gender and you can choose their name actually but i just mm. want it with default names the first time around yeah uh there's shez and so shez has their like own unique class i found when i used shegs shegs shez's uh <laughs> unique fugal class i would like completely floor the enemies oh yeah it's like um i'm not this is a little too easy for me so <laughs> i'll just keep shez at base in case things go bad but i really want to use like dimitri my main lord and some other people i tried to keep it a little more balanced but it doesn't hurt to have one extra over leveled person in case you need to play level catch up suddenly because you can only raise the levels at the training grounds to the highest level of whoever's in your army. So if you got one person that's way higher than the rest, that allows the bar to go a lot higher for your other characters. Yeah. I, I felt like I was really relying on that facility, like the, the training facility to mm -hmm. um, keep the rest of my party, like even comparable to shares. So I think near the end I was level 60, I'll say 65 for shares. I can't remember exactly. Wow. I was around the sixties or was it? 50s i think it was the 50s so you went 65 holy moly yeah no yeah shez was shez did most of the work <laughs> for you, me <laughs> did you give them the experience orb no i didn't know so mm. even if i did that imagine that i would have been extra high i feel like we should explain the story a little bit because unless you know exactly what we're talking about with 
this game, it's a little hard to get into because there are a lot of tutorials. I was, it's something yeah. I was quite surprised about this Definitely. game is tutorials and exclamations. It got to act two and they're like, we have a new gameplay element to introduce to you. I'm like, I'm halfway through the gosh darn game. You're telling me now that there's new stuff to do? Yeah. F- the answer like, is yes. For me, like the first 10 hours and like mm-hmm. for me with, um, you know, a baby, when uh, mm-hmm. when I get time to play, it's like nine o'clock at night, it's late. But I'm just getting like tutorial after tutorial reading text. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this because I, I just want to sort of get in there and go guns blazing and defeat the armies no and... you have to prepare for combat yeah this is a absolutely. war yes i know i know but just like um i've noticed a lot recently is that when it comes to gaming i, I tend to stick to stuff that i know because when i get my free time to play games it is at a mm-hmm. time when it's i want to wind down and relax but you know yeah. um chantelle sort of pointed out to me that she finds it hard to get into games because when we've got free time she's got to learn like the controller mechanics mm. all of this stuff it's just like the wrong time for it and um yeah. i was sort of finding that i'm like oh, i'm i'm like going back to school learning all this stuff like i haven't played that many <laughs> warriors games and a lot of the fire emblem mechanics are well a long time ago for me now about four years when mm-hmm. um was it 2019 or that was 18 wasn't it mm. three for three houses yeah so it's three, three or four houses. years ago so it was yeah it was, it was a little while ago I'll so look it up to be sure relearning a lot of this stuff and but after that 10 hours and when all the mechanics sort of click, it, is, it, isn't, it isn't like too complicated once you know all the facilities, you know how the relationship mm-hmm. um, sort of meter and that works and the support conversations and how everything works in battle and how you can pair people up. And um, it all sort of comes together in a really nice way, which has like a nice gameplay loop when you're going back to the base, mm-hmm. talking to all your characters, you know, going around, doing your tools, your armor your levels, your relationships, getting it all together, getting the side stories, which are all, all fantastic mm-hmm. and add like nice context to all the characters. And it's just, uh, yeah. I love it. Mm. It's it's a lot. It really, I mean, it gets you engaged in the characters. I think that's always a complaint. It's like fire on the characters stink. They're either muscles or humanahamanas, and that's it. There's no in-between. There's no good characters. And it's like, well, if you have the time and patience to, you know, read supports and, and think about things in a more, I guess, generous light, then yeah, there are some really great characters mm. in Fire Emblem Three Hopes. I think definitely some characters benefited in Three Hopes, and some characters are a lot worse representations of themselves than they were in three hopes because the big uh, so the thing about three houses <laughs> is that there's the academy phase and there's a war phase so basically at the academy phase you get characters and it's like they're just starting out but as a professor professor Byleth, you know you grow with them and they don't change too much but you know you grow used to them and they nurture and then you take a big five-year break and then they come back different people but in this game, you're barely in school at all before they're like, all right, we got to close the school, uh, war's breaking out, uh, and you jump to two years later. So they're at different points in their lives. So I'd say a good example um, might be Hilda in the Golden Deer house. How when you first meet her in the Academy, she's if she is in the Academy phase, which is she's very lazy. Uh, she mm. can always get other people to do work for her. She knows how to sweet talk and compliment. 
And by the time you meet her again at the war phase in Three Houses, I, I, that's the hard part about talking about this game in Three Hopes is that they start with the same uh, consonant and vowel. So yeah. you talk about houses or hopes. Gets your tongue tied a little bit when you're thinking about which game. I guess the warriors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll say houses and warriors. So, okay. Uh, so you talk about, so when you see her again five years later in Three Houses, she's kind of gotten over that part of herself and she's a very hard worker. She's putting in the effort where it counts because the time for it is very needed. But when you see her again in Warriors, she's still a bit on that. I, I wish other people would do my work for me. And I guess you guys don't really like me that much because my brother's a lot stronger. And he's like the best warrior we got. And he's not on the team right now. So I guess you're stuck with me. Sorry if you complain a bit. So she's not fully changed as a character. She hasn't gone through the full growth yet. Yeah, a lot of the so characters, characters just haven't developed mm -hmm. the same way. Right, yeah. but then they will some develop over the story of the game. Mm. And some people just get more time overall. I'm specifically talking about Dudu because Dudu really got the short end of the stick in three houses. Because what would happen is if you he would only be on Blue Lions, and if you didn't do his paralog in specific things, uh, he wouldn't come back after the time skip. He would uh, die. So to make up for this, the game kind of replaces his role as Dimitri's right-hand man with this other guy who's like Gustav, I, Gilbert, mm. one of the two names. So it replaces a lot of his role as like Dimitri's confidant and big armored friend. But because uh, it, you don't have to do any of that paralog stuff, you go right to the Second Year War, uh, Dudu is there and he's very prominent and he gets lots of screen time. He even gets to be in one of those beautiful 60 FPS looking cutscenes and it's very enjoyable to like to watch and just to see that they don't have to uh, throw a character out because you might not have done all the work for them. And they don't have to worry about a failsafe like that. Yeah. Very no, good, very nice. It, it is cool that, like, characters that you wouldn't expect are, are there. And like I said, I've got no context because I haven't, like... I, I don't want the, the, the um, I guess, the, the Three Houses story spoiled for me, especially if I want to go back to it. Mm -hmm. And somehow I haven't had it spoiled for me, so that's that's good. I guess. Well, I don't know how, because the game kind of expects you to know it. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't really, it'll take time to explain that there's three different houses. There, There's, of course, the Black Eagles from the Adresnian Empire. There are the Blue Lions from the Kingdom of Fargus. And, of course, the Golden Deer are from the uh, Alliance, the Leicester Alliance. And it'll take time to explain that like 50 times, but they will not stop to explain a lot of other things with characters like they'll just be talking and then someone mentions a dead fiance and you go what <laughs> where is this coming from who's your dead fiance i didn't know about this mm. turns out it was at three houses in the main story and because you didn't play that one before you got to warriors it's just a little empty bloop oops because you didn't play warriors sorry you didn't play three houses <laughs> he played warriors but it's fine yeah well it is what it is you know <laughs> <laughs>
either way, I guess we should get into the story first. Yeah. I was very, I like where the story went a lot. I have no idea how it goes through the, each of the different paths, but just the overall setup, I was, it was very interesting. So why don't you get started with that? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. And, you know, for me, who was missing a lot of the, you know, probably context as, as where things originally went and what characters mm-hmm. were in a different uh, universe, because the whole story for this is that um, instead of Byleth meeting the three captains, it um, shares, mm-hmm. comes across them and... Byleth is actually the, like the main antagonist of this game, essentially. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, you know, he or she shows up every now and again, but the marketing they. was like, she's the, you know, protagonist. Like, from, They're going to murder you. Like, just, just before we... I think dortagonist is the term for it, when it's like they're an evil antagonist, but they're not quite an antagonist. They're the dark hero, I guess. Dark hero? So it's up to you they're if you want to get them. They're not even bad, they're just... Um, they're just getting paid no, by someone they're else. they're against you. Yeah, they're so against they're you. That's dark. Bit, yeah. They're yeah. misaligned. Like for me, I chose the male shares and the female Byleth. Um, mm-hmm. where, where did you go on on that scale? Uh, I, I matched the genders pretty much. So my first playthrough was sticking with Azure Gleam. I think that's the Blue Lions path. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went female shares, female Byleth. And on my Golden Deer route, I'm going uh, Boy Shares and boy byleth yep. it just it makes sense to match it all and honestly something that's pretty great is that the the main drive for you being alive in this game arval uh, i think it's pretty sweet how arval doesn't really have a defined gender and uh, a little post game spoilers uh skip for like 15 seconds or so uh when you get to look at you get to recruit arval and you look at their stats and what classes they can do, their class options actually differ by gender of your shares and aren't based on their own gender like they are for Sophus. So if you picked a female shares, then they're on the Gremory path for mages, and if you picked a male shares, they're on the Dark Bishop path, which I appreciate that the god isn't restrained by gender binaries. Go Arval. Yeah, that's cool. They then solidarity. Um, or support. Uh, for me, I basically chose uh, what was on the box art. I chose the male shares yeah. and the <laughs> female byleth, and I went down the, the Scarlet Blaze. Um, mm-hmm. So I wanted, you know, I've, I've heard uh, the good and bad things about Edelgard. You know, she's a. Mm-hmm. I, I was just keen to see. Ooh, like, ooh, we're starting with Edelgard. Ooh. What was that? That's, all, that's what I've got to say about Edelgard is. Oof, because, man, if, if one thing did not change between this timeline and the Three Houses timeline is that Edelgard will declare war on the Central Church. She will do it. Nobody is going to stop her from doing it. No. Even though it's, ugh, I don't know. This whole thing about Three Houses <laughs> is that there is no clear good and bad. Each side very much has its positives and negatives. But Edelgard really is pushing the line there. Really pushing it on the evil side. At least when you play on Blue Lions, it's like what she'll do is, who boy. Yeah, it's interesting because like obviously the the whole path system is set up just for mm-hmm. different perspectives. And when when you're on Adelgard's side, it's like oh well, what she's doing makes sense. But you know, mm-hmm. there's been other events in history where that's been true as well. And 
Yeah. Right. It's kind of biased <laughs> to her perspective because she can phrase what she's doing in a very, you know, positive and like mm. she won't she'll she'll address she won't address the negative. She'll comment on them like, yes, they exist, but my path is better and you follow my path. And it's like we're not gonna she doesn't want to tell you about the bad things or frame them in a bad light, in a truthful light. Not that either. It's bit it's complicated. I don't know. Yeah. But even like the parts of the the story where it's like, you know, they're invading the kingdom and stuff. It's like, yeah, I don't know if this is the greatest thing to do. I don't know what they've done. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you. you yeah. I don't know if we should really be uh, pushing this. You know, pushing the envelope so hard. Yeah, a lot of Edelgard's. It comes a lot of her her passion comes from personal. Uh, like it comes from a. It comes from the heart. So it is very much, she's quite a stick in the mud. Uh, she will not change her views on things, even when you get to like way close to the end. I think it's like the final few chapters when you go into that crazy fever dream area. Uh, even there, at least on the Azor Lion side, she was very like, don't, we're not friends. We're not friends and we never will be. Stop looking at me. <laughs> like, all right, Edelgard, jeez. I guess I won't be your friend. Because I, I went and had a look at, look at like, a few of the different endings and stuff, and it's interesting mm -hmm. how um different each ending is depending on what side Shed's picks, which is... Yeah. And I was thinking when I was playing through the game, like, I was just dominating everyone because of my big overpowered <laughs> Shed's. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking, like, jeez, if, if I wasn't on this team, that would be dead. That would be so dead. Oh, yeah. And it's... Um, oh, yeah. It's pretty much what happened then. <laughs> yeah. Whichever one you support. I don't know how. It just gains the power to uh, to really move forward. I don't even know if it's just Shez themselves. Maybe it's like the opportunities that you as Shez provide to them. Mm. But I do like how the game starts out uh, alliance-less. Even when you first play, um, you first pick a team. The first mission that you guys do together is always the same. It's go into the bandits warehouse yeah. hideout and like beat them up and then go find a student, rescue them and then escape. And that's I think something super funny is that you going and finding these three lords like one day, a couple hours earlier than Byleth and their dad do throws a complete wrench in this enemy's plans. Um, of course, talking about uh, the, the dumbly named those who slither in the shadows, also called the snakes. I will be referring to them as the snakes because they are snakes of living creatures. So you just doing stuff a little earlier is throwing an absolute wrench in the snake's plans and you rescue somebody who, I suppose spoilers for mm. three houses, uh, turns out she dies in three houses, and the purse in the Monica you meet in three houses is actually a, uh, she's a phony. She's just a cronia disguised as her, and she'll kill Gerald, like stab him in the back while his oh. uh, back is turned. So because you rescued the actual Monica, everything starts falling apart and then monica's like yeah i know kidnapped me it was tomas which is like a big revelation in three 
houses and here she's just like yeah it was Tomas he's right over there and suddenly the snakes are like what our units are being compromised we don't have any spies left in the church what's what's happening we ah everything just starts falling apart and it changes history so drastically yeah it, it feels like the little butterfly effect where it's like Definitely. a little the flutter of a butterfly's wings can like create what was it a tornado or a, a cyclone effect yeah, a lot dead down the it's line. It's something yeah. where this, yeah, the small puff of air leads way to like a tornado of changes, which is pretty hilarious. And I just like in this game also that Monica gets to live. I think that was something I was very sad when uh, turns out the Monica you rescued was a liar. She already died. And someone's just walking around posing as her. It's like, I wonder what the real Monica is like. What it could have been like to to have been friends with her have her on your team i wonder what her skills were and you kind of learned about that in this game and the answer is she's just hubert number two i'm sad to say apparently yeah okay yeah because monica she was one of my favorite characters because um, yeah like on, on my team she was a big adelgard simp pretty much mm -hmm. <laughs> well i've heard it described that monica's character uh, her, it is in relation to her proximity to Edelgard, which is to say if she's next to Edelgard, then she's total, like, nutcase. But the the more distance she is from Edelgard, the more interesting she can be and stand alone on her own and not just have her character be defined by, I work for and I like another person. Yeah. That, that's quite important for her character like every single side conversation she was just saying like oh Edelgard I'm, I'm so jealous that you got mm, to train with mm. her I'm so jealous that you went and mm. battled with her and like, calm down mate you got to kiss her on the lips how could you <laughs> I want to kiss her on the lips <laughs> <laughs> no I am um, in uh, one of our expeditions this is one of the parts mm -hmm. of the game that made me laugh a lot I put this on Twitter oh yeah <laughs> but yeah just uh, doing the support conversation with Edelgard and at the end, it has like an option just to observe. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Click you on just it. Stare at them. You just stare at them. You look at you sort of look up and down their character model, and when you do that, mm -hmm. she she just like um, has the dialogue basically saying, um, "Are you looking for a crack in my armor that a sword might slip through?" I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, it's <laughs> very on the nose. I, I kind of like. Is, it's funny. I, I, I did like that uh, aspect. So what it is, is it's that uh, tea time in this game mm -hmm. has been replaced with expedition time. Yep. So what it was before is that you could have like set tea time with a student or, or a warrior in the war phase. And you talk about and you try and get them engaged in topics that they're interested in and respond in kind to things they do. If you remember in WarioWare, the little micro game about <laughs> yeah, that, it, yeah. it very much matches that. <laughs> and it felt like such a, a blow in the wall when the sil I found out that the silly music they used in WarioWare, Get It Together, was the real music for Tea Time. I was like, no, this dumb music can't be the real thing, but it was. <laughs> so if you have a really good conversation with them uh, during expedition, well, break time, uh, you get to just hang out with them. This, to me, was the most dating sim aspect of the game. It it pretty much rivals uh, Fire Emblem Fates getting to poke the models. You know, because who wouldn't want to poke a 3DS model? Am I right, ladies? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you get to look at them down. And I do like that area because it addresses more their physical features, which 
man, that was pretty darn fun as the trailers for this game were coming out. Uh, they released them by houses, so first we got to see what the Black Eagles looked like in this in-between phase. Mm -hmm. It's like, ooh, how does what they look like different from in the other game? So it's like, for example, uh, Bernadetta, her hair looks terrible. It just does. I love Bernadetta. It's, a, yeah. it's very much a shame <laughs> of her hair from the five-year time skip. And it was a completely different look for her. Here, it's like she just took her hair and she's tired. She tied it up into like a neat bun and then left the, left the house. So you can look at her hair and she'll talk to you about why she put her hair up like that. And it's like, you know what? That, that helps out a little bit. It helps to reason out the character that you look at them and you say, why'd you do your hair like that? It's not just a given that their hair came out like that. Yeah, that's cool. Know, it's, it's interesting stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, because I guess um, you know we are talking, I guess, spoilers now. So let's um, yeah, let, let's yeah, turn we're it very on. Far into spoilers. Um, yeah, turn on turn on the spoiler thing because, like, for me, like, I, I didn't know that about Monica. So, like, in in three houses. So now I'm gonna be like, yeah. I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm not gonna trust her at all, and I, that makes me, I don't know. Well, she she acts different and she looks different too because Kranya keeps her Kranya personality of like whimsically brutal as she's Monica. And she's like, hee hee hee, I'm gonna stab you now. And she stabs your dad. It's so heartbreaking. And I do like how in this game you get to keep, not only do you get to keep Monica alive, but you also choose to keep Gerald alive as well. And it's pretty great that he gets to stay alive in a battle that he didn't want anything to do with. I think that's this mm. poor Gerald got the short end of the stick. He didn't want to join you again, like back at the church in three houses, and then he got killed for it. What the heck? So I'm very happy that he gets to live through, but I honestly, maybe it's just the Azure uh, Lion's path. There were really no support conversations. There was him, Adel, between him and Edelgard, uh, him and the player character, because you have talking conversations with everybody. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that was it. Like, not oh. even between any of the Knights of the Saros, Knights of the Saros, all that stuff. Just all that good stuff. And then also, I do like in this game how, depending on the path you go down, you can recruit different characters. So it's like, I think if you want the most characters overall, Blue Lions is the way to go because it is the most like overall peaceful route. You even pick up a lot of people from Adresnian Empire just because Edelgard sends them your way and you can tell them to surrender and they will because they don't care for the mm. empire that she's building, really. Mm. And then you, you ally with Leicester so you get half of the Golden Deer units. And then because you chose to protect Lady Rhea, you get a lot of the church units as well, Knights of Saros. I think it's very dumb that we didn't get Srill, because you can get Srill in three houses, but you can't get him at all in the Warriors game. I don't know why they chose to do that. Instead, they just made him, like, little... I love Lady Rhea. He's, he's even worse simp than, <laughs> than Monica. This is a travesty. <laughs> Or you need some simps in this game, you know. You need every every house needs a simp, apparently. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the classic house simp. 
So what are mm. some, what are some of like uh, I guess your favorite characters? Like you're a big Dimitri fan. What makes you a fan of Dimitri? Well, are you a simp for him, think, or you think it's just a nice I man? I mean, I wouldn't call myself a simp for him. If I had to, <laughs> I don't know. If you're making me pick between the three lords, I would say Dimitri. But Claude comes at a real close second. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that's more of a Claude from Three Houses than a Claude from Warriors mm. because Claude from Warriors makes a big dumb decision at least if you're going down the golden wildfire route and it's like claude claude mm. why are you doing this claude claude basically he becomes a mini edelgard and he also thinks that the central church needs to be gotten rid of because it's causing all the fighting in the first place so claude's like let's just nip it in the bud even though the bud is fully sprung and is a tree at this point we're going to chop down the tree and then everything will probably be okay. It's like, Claude, where did, where did your brains go? Yeah. So the, you're making a really bad decision. There's a part Adrestia in the middle of the game. is not your friend and Fergus is now your enemy. Why are we doing this, Claude? Because <laughs> there's a part in the middle of the game where um, you mm-hmm. can either recruit or kill Byleth. And this, uh, yeah. this has a big sort of fork in the story. Personally, for mm-hmm. me, I um, I just, I just, you know, did the battle as normal, and I just killed mm-hmm. Byleth. So my yeah. my story took a, you know, took the more unfortunate turn because I was just like, oh, I'm oh. just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, play it as as I play it. But when you reached yeah. the the point in the story, did you uh, mm-hmm. did you recruit or kill Byleth? Well, when I first played through, I royally messed up the mission because it was like you need to go through the base in mm. a set like path and yes i did not do that so then the whole play got messed up and then i murdered gerald and i was yeah. like i don't think i was supposed to do this and i'm sitting through the cutscene that's in between killing gerald and a big uh another big death and i'm like i don't feel good about this so i reset <laughs> my game and i looked up how do i do this properly and then i did that because apparently if you kill one dad uh, another dad in the universe dies because Felix's dad also dies. If you go on a path to kill Gerald and Byleth, so does Rodrigue. It's like, gosh, dang it. I worked <laughs> hard and made sure Rodrigue didn't die already because automatically in three houses, the five, during the five-year time skip, Felix's dad, Rodrigue, just passes away. He just does so. You can't really control it. It's like, dang it, you died again. <laughs> so I went back and I, I did it better. Because yeah. dang it, I was going to recruit all of the friends that I could. Everybody's coming on to the Blue Lions and you're going to have a good time. It's just better. Although I did feel some sense of guilt for recruiting some people. Like Dorothea uh, did not want to be recruited. <laughs> and whenever I'd talk to her around base, she'd say, oh, I hope... Uh, I hope Ferdinand and Hubert are alive because uh, we haven't seen them in a while. Um, I hope they're not dead. And I think it was implied that they did die. Oh. <laughs> that they got like killed off at some point. Did you ever see them again and in think, the game? Well, no. It was like at the Act 2 point. There's oh, a big right. change. Yeah. So basically what happens through Azure is that... Uh, you do avoid, and that's why I love Dimitri in this game, is because you you help Dimitri emotionally before he decides to kill every last one of them. That was his meme line from Three Houses, is that Dimitri had a very troubled past, 
And uh, what you go through in three houses does not help. In fact, it makes things ten times worse. And he decides to go on a killing rampage and become the boar that Felix is always calling him to be. And kill every last one of them. So you, so this does not happen. He does not kill every last one of them. He will save every last one of them. But there's a lot of baggage to go through. So the first act is very much like having to go through Dimitri baggage. You gotta kill his uncle. You gotta deal with all these other people who are like, we hate you, Dimitri. Dimitri's like, I don't understand. Why is everyone hating me? Well, he does understand. But it's like, <laughs> who propelled all these like actions and emotion what the heck so by the time you finally get to fight edelgard you fight her and you got her cornered and then the snakes come out and they're like this ain't good so they steal edelgard back and they basically brainwash her they just kind of make her into like a, a puppet pretty much a zombie she's got no will of her own she'll just repeat back whatever you tell her to and dressed you really starts going down the uh really starts bad it's just bad it's like tyrannical villages are getting slaughtered it, it ain't good son so it's implied that they got rid of the closest seats to power that edelgard had close to her meaning ferdinand and hubert but i think the funnier uh reasoning would be that ferdinand and hubert uh, fell in love and that they wanted to be married but Adressia didn't have same-sex marriage legalized and because Edelgard was no longer going to become the emperor and legalize it uh, they sailed away and just left the left Foldman as a whole to, to go and live in peace I can't even imagine <laughs> have a Hubert better life in a relationship really <laughs> what it's like one of those popular ones what the heck? They're called the two jewels of the empire because they work hand in hand. Because yeah, just like in my story, all all he is is just like a he you know he'll do whatever he he can for Edelgard and yeah, that's that's all. I can't imagine him going off with anyone else. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, love changes people. True. I suppose. Anyways, yes, Hubert and Ferdinand are a very special bond. <laughs> At least in three houses, and I'm pretty sure it retained in in Vorgas as well. But oh well. Must so have been yeah, an aspect I missed. Went. Yeah. I guess so. So anyways, because you go through with Dimitri on this very emotional journey and kind of unpack everything that had been set in stone before the game began, you just you just grow with him, he heals. You're there with him. Dudu is there with him. Everyone is there with him. And it's a very heartfelt experience. And it's like, I feel so close to these blue lions. It is very much like a, it's like a kind of a found family, sort of, where everyone feels, everyone's been hurt in some way, but because they're all each other's friends, they can overcome those problems and make a better place. So it never has to happen again. It's like, dang it, this is just—it's mm, getting me <laughs> in the heart, man. Ooh. It feels—it uh, feels similar for for all the sides. I feel like on the Empire mm -hmm. side, it, it feels kind of similar. Like you get to know these characters, and like you know, you're putting effort into them with like mm -hmm. leveling up and their abilities and their classes well, and all that. There's leveling them up in a gameplay sense, but also there's getting closer to them 
literally with their their supports yeah like you're yeah. you're strengthening their bonds i think that's another part that i really love about the game is that you can have like meals together you can do chores together you do more than just fight together you live together you eat together so how long this did it take you to play through the game Oh, you know, 85 hours. What? Oh, my God. Oh, you spent <laughs> way really, more time than I me. I really, really milked it for what it was worth. Because yeah. whenever I'd get done with a chapter, I would find myself... I was really hooked on not just getting people on their recommended... Uh, uh, is it class paths? Mm -hmm. Yeah, on the recommended classes, because there's very much recommended ones. It's like this is what the character was meant for. They have stats in these areas that are very that are like higher, and they're just better for that. But I was like, but I want all these other good skills that are on different paths. So I just need to replay auxiliary battles over and over again to really level up characters. You know, I really want to see support with some people. And oh, we're so close to getting a mastery in this other class, so I'll just play one more. <laughs> and that continued on for a very long time. Well, there you go. And I wanted to That's, max yeah. out all the facilities. I just I wanted to raise enough money to like max out facility rankings for everybody. So I, I spent a lot of time. It almost I didn't want it to end because I realized I'd have to leave the blue lions behind and move on to a different group for the next path. It's like, but I love the blue lions. I don't, I don't want to let them go. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I like I it definitely too much. Get that. Yeah, because like for me, I spent about, I spent like thirty-three hours, so I spent like nowhere near the amount oh. of time you did. But I think, yeah. um, for for me, I I um, like in the week, I'm like, I want to get it finished this week, mm -hmm. um, because if I don't, I'll be stuck, like you know, with a kid and all that. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll be stuck on this for the rest of the year if I don't. You're but on a bit of a time limit. I, I yeah, so I, I got to sort of utilize my time. As well as I can, and while I would have loved to like spend a bit more time in it, um, I think uh, like the thirty-three hours that I did spend in it, I I really did enjoy, and I thought it was like all all time well spent. And I could definitely see myself mm -hmm. like spending way more time between each battle, doing everything, talking to everyone. Well, that was the thing. I was really milking out in between segments, <laughs> like mm -hmm. the the. You know, Rodrigue, Felix, all everyone around Dimitri, and even Dimitri at some points would be like, it is the utmost importance that we get to this destination as fast as we possibly can. I'm like, that is very important. But also, I need to clear all the surrounding areas, and I need to do like 10 in-between battles before we can go fight the chapter. Just so we're extra prepared. Yeah. We need to be extra careful, okay? We can't let anyone die at all. For me, like the first, say, 20, 25 hours, I was doing like every battle. Yeah. But then like mm -hmm. after that, I was like, all right, I need to sort of you hurry it up gotta... a little bit. Yeah. And the game does incentivize you for uh, not going around and doing all mm. of the battles. It's very much a bonus in post-game because, hot dang, this game's got a giant post-game because the post-game is just playing any route, having a cleared route, and just playing the other two or even three routes just all over again because all your facilities carry over, all your gear carries over, everything carries over. So it's like, all right, I need to get to the end point faster. So when you do that, you get more renowned, which is like extra goodies yeah. that you can trade in for points uh, later, including different characters. But the characters are very awkwardly, you can only use them in extra battles. 
And he's like, what the heck? I want to tear through main battles with them, but I can't. That would be good, yeah. What the heck? <laughs> and they don't have any support, so it's like, what the extra heck? But then you can buy, like, a bunch of gear. Like, you can buy experience uh, multiplying gear, class multiplying gear. Uh, just all sorts of goodies that just make a faster playthroughs all the more better. Yeah, not for sure. And that's... When I finished, I was like, I was a little bit, little bit sad it was finished. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I finished it. I'm like, yeah, I finished the game. Cool. Go dad me, you know. <laughs> I finished something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was like, oh, it would be, it'd be great if, like, just nothing else was going to be coming out in, like, around <laughs> the game and that I could just go <laughs> jump into another route because I really liked it. And I guess that, that's, like, mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me is, like, I've never... I've yeah, never got, felt you're, that for you're quite floored. a Warriors game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it makes, I think this game definitely puts more to preparing for a battle. Because most Warrior games, there is a little bit of preparation, but most of the preparation is looking at, like, charts, going through a skill checklist, being like, mm -hmm. okay, you got all these skills. Can you even learn these skills? And you're just writing down notes and all this stuff. And it's a lot of internal work. But here, it's a lot of, like, in-game work as well hmm. so yeah there's a lot of features to this game so we're definitely not going to get to them all but did you ever use battalions not really no i like i bought yeah. some and utilized them but not like really thought about it i said oh by the one and yeah i put that one on but yeah nothing like too serious as far as the strategy went because I, I was yeah. only i was only playing on normal and i didn't have permadeath on mm -hmm. so i don't know what, yeah. what you played me on. too yeah so uh, you know that's what i did too I'm on hard difficulty, and when you're post-game, everyone's levels are boosted, like, 15 levels higher. So I went God. into a battle at level 6, and then suddenly I'm fighting, like, enemies in the teens. It's like, oh, shoot, I've got to really balance my, my healing. And, That's like, so oh, I yeah. intentionally picked weak people to bring into this battle. Why'd I do that? <laughs> Making decisions just to make things harder for myself. Ooh. Yeah, maybe I should go back and try a hard playthrough because, like, like a lot of this I smashed through. There was some, there was some that I did fail on because, like, uh, mm -hmm. the person I was meant to be escorting was was being dumb, <laughs> you know, squishy. Well, what you're supposed to do there is just heal them anytime they get scratched. You just throw healing skills at them and you yeah. hope that they last through it. Gosh, I did have an annoying mission like that. I, I failed a couple. And it was mostly because what would happen is, it's like, don't let the enemy escape. But, of course, the enemy is on a flying unit. And, not, and it was a paralog, so you have to bring in set people. And nobody was a flyer, so the enemy would just fly right through a shortcut and just <laughs> peace out. So I had to have a unit mm. camped in that area. And because there wasn't a base nearby, they didn't want to hang around. I'm like, no, stay Stay in the stay up there, and then maybe an enemy would come by, and I'm like, just, just get it, just get it. And then from there, it was all fine. Hmm. It's interesting. I was just thinking, like, we don't really have that much negative to say. Like, the only negative I, bet, I sort of had yeah. was was maybe those missions, and that might just be a taste thing for me because mm -hmm. I wasn't utilizing maybe a strategy well enough. But um, when it comes to Fire Emblem, really, the gameplay is like it's real good. Most complaints about Fire Emblem. And also, I understand, is from story. Yeah. Like, it comes from characters. Uh, I think kind of lucked out because you, you found Monica's self to be just, like, 
<laughs> one of, you know, she's she's all about Edelgard, but whatever. Some people get real aggravated about that. Okay. Uh, golden, uh, yeah, the golden deer have a lot of like one note cases. Ooh, Lysithia is a is a trouble child, but don't call her child because she'll yell at you for fifty minutes about it, and you'll never escape her anger if you do so. Because she's not a child. You and that's most of her character. And there's more to her besides that. But you just, everybody has to go through in their supports with her. They have to go through like this entry level of, I'm not a child. It's like, I'm sick of this. <laughs> there's more to you, Lysithia, than starting a conversation talking about your age. Okay. Can we please get through that? And there's just other characters that people aren't too fond of but really if you when you the one you first join in is like the, the closest to your heart so it's like i joined blue lions first it's like oh i couldn't i couldn't stand to separate any of these kids from each other and it's true that in other paths you don't get the chance to recruit too many blue lions as opposed to um black eagles and golden deer they're a lot looser mm. with their uh their bonds to the team than the blue lions are. Yeah, because in my um, when I did start and not really play that mm -hmm. much uh, three ho uh, houses, I I mm -hmm. did I did pick the pick the the blue lions. Yeah, because yeah, I I, I like Dimitri's voice. I love his voice. Mm. Such a sultry. Good voice actor. Yeah, I love the voice acting of this game. It gets like a plus. Definitely top notch. Everyone is really high profile. I really like who they picked for Shez, for female Shez. I, I like when you're cooking and you get a silver grated meal. She goes, solid, solid. Looks good, looks good. <laughs> is that? I like how for Arval, they distinctly went for kind of a genderless voice. Because again, Arval is, is beyond the comprehension of gender binaries. So who's to say what their gender really is? Like, so this will hang around it, but you know, Arval. But um, is that any new characters they added in? They pretty much brought everybody back. I don't think they missed a single voice actor, which breaks my heart because right after this game came out, um, I believe Ferdinand's voice actor recently he's passed away. Oh, and it's it's, it's quite heartbreaking because yeah. Ferdinand was perfect. Because he is Ferdinand von Eyre. It'll be so sad <laughs> if Ferdinand ever shows up again in anything. And it's not his original voice actor. It's... Oh, it hurts the heart. But I think something else I like about uh, Three Houses is they don't... It's not too many recycled voices. Like, Dimitri's voice, I don't think I've heard it anywhere else. Some characters' voices, you know, you've heard before. Like, there's a couple that overlap with Persona 5. The big one is Marianne, the icy blue girl from Golden Deer. Hers matches with Haru from Persona 5. There's a couple other Persona 5 um, overlaps. But for the most part, everyone is their own character. I really like uh, Joe Ziega. He's the voice of Claude. He adds a lot of sauce to the Claude lines. Yeah, Claude's great. It just it just makes him sound pretty great, and I also like how you you're more in Claude's like personal life in Golden Deer. Again, you get different 
reads on the characters when you're not when you join different groups so when you join azure lions blue lions and the zorgling path and claude's helping you out he's very much acting like he's not gonna pull a knife on you but uh-oh what's this mm. Mm, I think it's a knife. Uh-oh. Oh, so the Uh-oh, I think oh, that knife's... Mm, I think it's going towards you. Uh, oh, never mind. It wasn't going towards you, but um, you, you you never know. Mm, the my knife go towards you. The knife never does go towards you in a circle. Claude keeps his stinking promises in that route. He won't do it in other routes. Did, did, what did Claude do in uh, Scarlet Blaze? I've got no idea. Oh, well, yeah. Claude, basically, um, if you recruit Byleth, like mm-hmm. he, he stay, he stays aligned with with you, okay. you and the Empire. But if you don't recruit Byleth, he pulls a sneaky, and he goes off mm-hmm. on his own path and tries to take down the, the church by himself, and the wow. Empire. So he tries to make his own. He basically becomes his own little empire, really. So it's, <laughs> it's interesting, like that, like that little decision can make such a big change that late in the game just one person being alive yeah it's it's just that little butterfly effect and i do also like how so i'm pretty sure you get to the fever dream section as well which happens where it's like all the three uh lords kind of are in one group together and then also uh one of the snakes gets stabbed and sacrificed to pull everybody into like space and in space, everyone kind of puts aside their differences to, to like work together and defeat Arval. Because turns out Arval was evil. You were meant for evil, but you overcame that and you went to good. Did that happen in Scarlet Blaze, or is that something that only happened in Zorglame? It didn't happen in mine. It might have. It might be because like when you recruit Bilef, you get a couple mm. of more chapters. So that, yeah, those might have been okay. the cha- those might have been the chapters I missed out on. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, you you learn the truth about Arval. Cause, um, and stuff. Cool. Because what I, I I did a save just before chapter ten, so I can <laughs> I can go back and correct my yeah. my ways. It's just, I do like how the game really warns you ahead of time. It's like yeah. this will mean a lot. I'm like, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So I made an extra Ooh. save, but then mm-hmm. I looked at my clock like from then to the end of the game it was like 10 hours or something mm-hmm. i'm like oh no nah, i don't know if i've got an extra oh. 15 or whatever hours it will be to yeah. go back but i checked out like the endings and a few stuff on youtube i'm like you know mm-hmm. it's yeah pretty cool how just like it all comes together and i'm like whoa that's way different in another playthrough i've i've got to maybe go and go and do it sometime maybe in the holidays yeah. or some free time so learning about all the different sides mm. But because like I, I really want to go back and play the original Fire Emblem Warriors, but at the mm-hmm. same time I'm like I kind of just want to do a different path in this game because yeah. <laughs> I'd say just do a different path in this game. I like Warriors a lot, but that's because I don't know. I was already partial to the to the characters pretty much because what Warriors did is it kind of picked a hodgepodge mm. of characters from Awakening. A lot of them from Fates, too many from Fates. But that's the problem with Fates is that it's really hard to pick just like a couple people. You can pick one and it be Corrin, 
but it's really hard to pick a couple and not bring the whole families <laughs> alongside yeah. with them. You can't just bring Ryoma. You have it's like a daisy chain. You you grab yeah. for one and you get three more. It's a bit like Smash Brothers. Everyone, everyone complains about the, yeah. the Fire Emblem characters. Oh, corn <laughs> is fine. Yeah, they're all they're it's great. whatever. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. I love Byleth anyway. and that in Smash Brothers. I think it's great. But oh yeah, because they use the the mm. holy relics and stuff. And that was also a fun thing, how you could collect in this game. You get holy relics, and they're kind of stuck at a low power level, but if you pay a hefty fee, you can get them, like, unleashed. And their power level increases dramatically, and with it, you also get, like, a special skill that only the wielder can use. And it's like, ooh, this just makes them even more special and unique compared to other units. I guess speaking of everyone using swords, uh, it's another gameplay thing. Turns out people don't have to use swords in this game. Pretty much everyone has an open, like, class tree. So even though you're yeah. given recommended paths for people, like Dimitri's recommended to go down the Great Lord path, you're recommended to go down a Swordmaster path. Um, other characters, so on and so forth. Monica will be recommended to go down a Gremory path. You mm -hmm. can just decide. You know what? I don't have enough armored people on this team, and I've got three mages, and this person's got the best strength, so I'm just gonna detour this guy, and he's going to be an armored knight now. And the game's fine with that. It's, it's quite free. Like, people aren't stuck on the path that they choose, which, which in main Fire Emblem is how kind of their their utility is yeah their their usefulness is based on if they can fly or not and if they're on horseback because that it really makes a difference in fire emblem if they're on horseback mm. although one thing i didn't love in this game is how kind of everyone uh everyone besides sword masters they all kind of end up on some sort of steed and they're super heavily armored up meaning that they can't wear their unique outfits yeah. post game and it's yeah. like well, I, well, I didn't want I wanted someone in their fun outfit and now they're just wearing super armor why are we wearing super armor just put on some trendy gotta, clothes yeah Look. and even though you can go into the options and say hey wear your unique outfits they'll still say nope I need to be wearing my super armor like ah, do I really have to demote you and lose a Lose one of my moves. It's like all about the C6. stats, baby. It's all about the stats. <clears throat> high attack, Annoying. high defense, bit of speed. Higher, I think it's higher growth rates is mm. what it is. Oh, okay. So it, the class you are depends on your growth rates. I think you can see it if you like reset someone's level to level one and you set them to a set class and you like really raise their level and then you reset it, but then you change their class and repeat the steps and they'll grow in different areas. Right. It's not fixed growth rates. Yeah. They'll naturally be higher in some areas, but their growth rates depends on the classes, and then that just depends on their other talents and blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 so, blah. so much fire of them stuff <laughs> to get through. But then also you have to take into consideration their unique skills. Like, uh, I think Edelgard's was like, all of her attacks have fire, but some characters are real confusing. Like, Lauren's is, it's like he'll have a little rondo of roses, so he's surrounded by damage buffer, 
Matt can do stuff for you. And then there's like a whole bunch other to work with. Some of them, if you hold down the button after you finish a strong attack, it makes the other one behind it even better. And it's like, how do I have so much to work with? But if you really want to be lazy, you could just have everybody like you decide i just want everyone to be paladins and so you make everyone paladins and then you only have to learn one different um play style and things can work out for you yeah just have everyone make the same yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well and then you we've th just we're uh, these type images and blah 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 yeah sorry um i was we've just been saying talking for so long <laughs> We've almost had an hour and ten minutes. What what are some Ooh. things you would like to uh, wrap up on about the about the game? Hmm. Or have I you, don't know. Or have you touched, <laughs> what are your wrap up points? Yeah. I mean, my wrap up points is just mm -hmm. like you know, I, I really enjoyed the story, the gameplay, everything about this game. I think uh, it's made me a Warriors fan, which is mm -hmm. which is a you know a great compliment to the game. And I really want to go back and play Three Houses when I don't know. I really want to tackle Persona 5 when it comes out on Switch and a bunch of other stuff. So I don't know when I'm going to get to it, but it's definitely, it's, it's always been a, a shame point on my, on my pile of shame. So mm -hmm. now it's just uh, sort of highlighted it a lot more for me that I want to get back to the story and see what, you know, all the characters are like in the, I guess the Canon version. So I'm keen you to know what? try it that the way. The canon version is the one you talk about. Also, I realize I yeah. didn't talk at all about any of the Ashen Wolves. Uh, so they're kind of the rogue characters that you can pick up. Uh, you recruit them. It's it's optional to recruit them. Did did you ever recruit them? They were Yuri, Balthus, Happy, and Constance. Oh, I can't even remember now. Like honestly, I recruited a fair few people, but I never really mm -hmm. used them outside of like my main. Oh. My main crew, yeah. I used like the yeah, main just, house members. You just stuck to the main ones? I guess so. Mainly, yeah. Constance is a riot and so is Happy. They're they're real great, but they're also, it's like two more magic users. It's like, I already got five magic users and now <laughs> I've got seven. Ugh, so you really gotta pick favorites. This was my problem. I played for so long because I couldn't pick a favorite. So I was making sure <laughs> everyone was getting levels at a same but very slow rate. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I stuck to just the main crew. I'm like, if I start doing everyone, it's going to take me forever to be at the suitable level. And that's what happened to me. Mm. But, uh, I mean, I had, I had a really great time with this game. Um, I, if you like Fire Emblem play it if you like words games play it and if you like games where you can just kind of prepare and then attack i think this is another game that's just good i mean i just enjoy it a lot <laughs> it's hard to put in the words how i enjoy it i could just explain that there are certain elements to the game like the the different facilities and i say and they are good they make me happy <laughs> make you happy. That's good. <laughs> they make me happy. I took so many like screenshots and videos as I'm playing. It's like these are these are great moments to, it's to like be your family going through. family photo album. You're gonna oh look oh, they were so cute when they were that young. Oh, they grew up so fast. I loved I loved when Red Reed called the snakes a bad rash that wouldn't go away. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like or it's like Dermot Dimitri. Uh, support 
you it's like at the A rank supports at the end, and you tell him that he's gonna take your break, and by the goddess, you're gonna like it. You're gonna like the break that we're going on right now, Dimitri. The voice lines. I think voice lines just really help elevate the experience. Definitely, yeah. Because I um mm -hmm. I forgot to mention this, but after I finished, I went and played um Live Alive, and that game's voice mm -hmm. acted, and oh. Yeah, Live Alive sort of highlighted that how good the Three Hopes voice acting was. Oh, was it not very good? Well, it's it's not even that it wasn't good. It's just it just highlighted how excellent it is in Three Three Houses, Three Hopes. As I'm so. Yeah, because like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it in Live yeah. Alive, and I haven't played like a whole heap of it yet. But just like mm -hmm. the few hours I played, I'm like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, it just sounds a little bit more fake and red. <laughs> you know, rather than the actual <laughs> Like characters. we're reading off a script and Yeah, not. yeah. Whereas, whereas you never yeah. think that when you're playing Three Three Hopes, it's just in the story. Sometimes I would, just from people talking about different houses and dukedoms, and I'm like, how, how many, how many manhua have I read now? All these duke names and houses are just blending it's together. It's a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a lot. They really like Russian. Everyone's got Vaughn as, as their like middle name. Yeah, <laughs> a Vaughn in some shape or form. Yeah, the name of their weapons. Mm. So it's, it's hard to it's hard to learn it all. Yeah, a bit of it went over my head as far as like locations and yeah, the lords and that. Oh like, yeah, okay. they'll be like, "Don't you know the throat of Fodlin's throat?" And it's like, "No." Oh, <laughs> and they explain God. it five times, and it's like, "I still don't know what it is," even though they've explained it so many times. Yeah. Ooh, I guess. Uh, something else we didn't mention is like the maps themselves. Uh, whenever you go into like a castle, those were the hardest parts to navigate. Cause what you think is I need to go into this big room and take a right, but turns out you have to go up the stairs and go up another oh, set yeah. of stairs and really weave through. And it did feel like you were like invading a building when you were doing that. Cause otherwise it'd be like you're in a big field and you just run around on flat surface but there was a little added verticality but only a little i think i haven't played it but uh hyrule warriors age of calamity had verticality a lot better than this game hmm. or handled it. Yeah, yeah i haven't played it either so it, it's maybe keen to play that but i want to play it a little bit sooner or a little bit closer mm -hmm. sorry to when breath of the wild 2 comes out to Ooh. get me in that zelda mood because it's been a while yeah. since i played a zelda game to be honest but <laughs> I guess for me too. You know, last ones I played was Breath of the Wild to get some amiibo features, and before that, I did play Scarlet Sword a bit, but don't really count. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. Well, yeah, that too. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Scarlet Sword. Uh, uh, Delphine, I think we'll end it there. Um, that was a you know okay. a great discussion about the game, and it's got so many things. I'm sure there's aspects we did not touch on, but that's okay. <laughs> I think uh, you know we both really enjoyed the game and. I'll be going mm -hmm. back to it one day, sooner than later, oh, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Um, do you reckon you'll be playing through it still, or you've finished well, with it? You've once I on? get through my little Mario Kart phase, yes. Okay, cool. I go think it'll be it. it'll be very easy to go back to. Is it? Would Just it be like? A, would it be like a game of the year contender for you, considering how much you're Honestly, liking it? Honestly, it's got a lot. So, <laughs> so something my sister and I do. Uh, Peach is that we don't like the game awards uh, mainly because they're not focused on a market that 
Like, the, the, the crux of the Game Awards isn't really stuff we care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, like a lot yeah. of the contenders. Well, it's a commercial, and also it's like we're not PlayStation and Xbox fans, so a lot of what they posit as good games is like it, it just goes right over our head. Whoosh. So we've made <laughs> our own little categories. And yeah. then we've also got some joke categories, too. Like, who's best boy? Best girl? <laughs> uh, best wardrobe is a whole section and uh we're midway through the year and a lot of the list like every category pretty much has a fire emblem three houses because we don't want to double up it'd be real easy to be like for five outfits we're gonna pick five people from fire emblem three hopes no it's better to like try and split it apart but dang it fire emblem three hopes just keeps worming its way onto like every single <laughs> contender list so yeah, it's it's meaning a lot to me. Um, I'd say game of the year is only being challenged by Splatoon three, just because Splatoon three is doing so much new. Splatoon always does whenever a new installment comes out. It's like you thought we did everything we could do in two. Oh, you haven't seen anything yet, and it's just like the the, the inkling world. What you can do with sea life and shooters. And culture as a whole is just massive. So I think it's it's going to be hard up against Splatoon 3. But Splatoon 3 will have to come out and we'll have to see what it has to offer. But right now, Three Hopes is a pretty darn complete package mm. in yeah. terms of a good game. Absolutely. And I dare say at some point in the year, we'll, we'll have you back on to talk about Splatoon 3 if you would like. Oh, yeah. Sounds give, like give me a wacko. Yeah. Yep, I've um I've teed up Wacko definitely. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get we'll get you on at some point as well. We'll talk because I'm keen. I'm really keen to uh, get into that game as well. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since I played Splatoon. After I lost my save file transferring Switch, I completely for- <laughs> completely forgot that does not go to the cloud. So um, <sighs> there we are. But uh, Delfino, we know you've been on a bit of a hiatus on your podcast, but you've got yeah. a great back catalogue. It's evergreen. <laughs> People can listen to it whenever they like. Where can they find it and what's it all about? Uh, it can be found on most major podcast platforms and on YouTube. So it's actually called the Delfino and Peach Super Show Saga and is something of a spiritual successor to a hard drive podcast uh, where they were watching the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, which is really great. And that uh, they had stopped it as they were watching Mario 3 and I felt so torn and I liked Mario 3 anyways, so my sister Peach and I, we teamed up to uh, watch through the episodes of uh, Mario 3 and then give our thoughts about it. Um, and then we were getting through Mario World, which is like a lot more deranged than uh, Mario 3. Mario 3 is at least kind of grounded in the games. Mario World, just the budget went out the window and so did everyone's cares, the writer's cares, writing mm. for that show as well. Um, I've had you on there uh, multiple times. Mm-hmm. One time we talked about uh, Crocodile Dundee being grilled on the Barbie as a lobster or something. <laughs> and then another time we talked about um, everyone turning into chickens for eating that good. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a great episode. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. The Scoop of Koopa. Did we make any KFC Australia jokes? I hope we did. Oh, surely. Missed opportunity we if had we didn't. to. Yeah. Crazy for KFC. 
in Australia because you have a different <laughs> batter recipe. It, it makes apparently, sense. yeah. We we're talking yes. about this in the Discord, and yeah, someone brought up. Oh that, yeah, all of our foods. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, we've got different salt here or something. It's, oh, there you go, because we love it here, and it's always weird because on podcasts I listen to in America, they're always talking about something else, but never hear KFC. And when I think of KFC, obviously I think of America. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I was confused as a Australian boy who loves my KFC. I'm like, come on, boy, mm-hmm. what's going on over in the US? Come on, have some KFC, but. Apparently it's poo-poo I mean, over there. Don't know. Well, it's just the comparison is to Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A is like, it's got a whole different, I think, baking process for that chicken. And that's mm. just a lot higher. And maybe it's a local trend, but there's another place called Raising Cane's. And that place is like, it is really the scoop koopa of uh, the local area. <laughs> I went to high school with someone and she talked about how She'd had, it was about a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and she'd eaten Raising Cane's for like four or five meals. I'm like, how could you have done that? She's like, yeah, I ate it for breakfast, and then had lunch, and then I ate it again for dinner. How, (laughs) why do you eat so much fried chicken? Why? How do you not get sick of eating the same thing? Are they just like like a ball that rolls around? Just bloated? No. They were like, my physique and my age and they had my about level of energy for stuff it's just a whole sense of food preferences and i'm just kind of sick of fried chicken mm-hmm. i'm done with fried chicken i'm done with fried chicken i'm done i mean it's weird <laughs> it's also weird because i actually do live in kentucky and oh <laughs> My oh, friend, the plot thickens. <laughs> All right. The thing. So my friend, uh, her mother works at like a tourist art center, and she's and the friend's mother has had people come up to her and say like, "So do you mostly eat KFC, or do you have some other restaurants in the area?" And it's like, yes, just like any other state, we do in fact have other brand restaurants. It's just KFC just so happened to have started in here and it mm. also was uh it's named after the state there's not really many other brand eatings that are named after the state papa john's is also made in kentucky but you don't hear people talking to us about eating papa john's all day no no mm. pizza's more of a refined <laughs> personal taste i suppose asking people what their favorite brand is you'll get different answers yeah we don't get many what options was- here for like just like fast food pizza it's all like the local chains mm. and all that which is probably better probably maybe yeah they, they i've never care. had papa john's or anything so i wouldn't know we don't okay. have it here well i mean what where is your favorite pizza place even if it's a local eerie um yeah probably there's a there's a place that actually my um my wife's friend owns she they do mm-hmm. like great like great pizzas homemade bases mm. Um, toppings. Actually, the pub that I worked at, they did great pizzas as well, like ho- homemade bases. Did they and all do that. like little small pizzas uh, or big pizzas? Uh, tw- twelve inch, twelve inch. So like, okay, twelve inch is just like a normal size to me. S- some places like do these little small pizzas. Mm. They're so good. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big boy. I want a full pizza. I don't want any of the small stuff. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but you can eat like a full pizza. It just so happens to be like two inches uh, radius mm. size. Sometimes if I if I go into a pizza place, I'm like, oh, what size would you like, man? Like, I want a party because there's a party up in my mouth here. I just want a big old pizza. <laughs> big meat lovers. <laughs> pizza. Do you take leftovers home or you just eat it all? Um, um, 12 inch. I can eat a whole 12 inch. 
Um, but you that's know, a lot of pizza. That's yeah, a no, lot of za. I'll, I'll smash a 12-inch by myself. That's what I mean. I'm not having one of these little little things you're talking about. How do you cut it? How do I cut, do you it? cut it into eighths? Or do I, you I cut it into twelfths or sixteenths to deceptively get you to eat more za? I mean, if I'm going out, I'm not cutting it myself. So I'll, I'll, okay. I'll get, I'll I get, guess it comes in eighths. Yeah, I'll, I'll get it how I'm given. Okay. <laughs> I say that because the smaller the pizza slices, the more you feel you can eat, I think, anyways. It's like mini cupcakes. Mm. They're really equivalent to like th three minis is equal to one big. But I'll find myself eat like ten of them. And it's like, oops. Oh, well. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to eat ten of them. <laughs> yeah, a bit of psychology there. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. smaller servings. Like for larger <laughs> appetites, I guess. I don't. I'm not a food expert. I don't know. You're the one who's worked at a restaurant, at yeah. a pub. Yeah, no, I, uh, I took it out of the people. I'm not an expert on Is it. Is that how shots work? Is that you, you drink a little alcohol at a time and it doesn't feel like a lot until it's all in your system? Well, I guess the thing is that if you're having a shot, like you're just having just almost pure, well, not pure alcohol, but, you know, 40% alcohol instead of having it spaced mm -hmm. out over a big drink that's probably going to bloat you and make okay. you burp and fart and... <laughs> do all that go to the bathroom a lot yeah that's right go to the bathroom and just <laughs> lick switch cartridges oh it does terrible things to you yeah yeah no you definitely need some talking about there. i think it was a it was a it was a bachelor party episode you had two friends over drank a lot <laughs> licked switch cartridges afterwards did we do that oh i guess we yes. must have if you if you you weren't there, so I guess we must have said that. I wasn't there. I remember <laughs> listening to the audio, being like, "Oh, I got a switch game over here. Yeah, you know, take a take a nice look of it." And yeah, that was like episode was it episode two hundred or something? Might it been, was in the two hundreds. Yeah, been something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I guess we better wrap better wrap up this show. Everyone's just like, yeah. <laughs> so everybody, thank you very much for listening, and uh, Delfino, it's a pleasure having you on. Remember, go Thank and check out much. our podcast on all podcast services and our YouTube channel. Yeah. Links will be in the description. Delfino Durians. Yeah. Yeah. But until next time, guys, the doors to the house of Mario, they're closed. We'll catch you later. Encore at the House of Mario, the after-party Nintendo podcast is lovingly crafted and recorded in the southeast of South Australia. The show is produced and hosted by me, Drew Agnew. If you enjoy my work here and on my other podcasts, The House of Mario, A Drew Story and Kraken Furfies, help spread the word by sharing us with a mate or leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you would like to show further support and help me achieve my goal of freeing up one working day a week to help spend more time refining and creating podcasts, please consider checking out patreon.com slash idruby where for only $1, you get access to my secret recordings where I share everything behind the scenes. A big thank you to the legend DJ for supporting the content at the podcast producer level on Patreon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.